standing by right now is the one and the only Sean Mooney. Who? Mooney, everybody's got a price for the million dollar man. <laughs> After you threw him off through the announce table, Taker climbs back down, he gets in the ring, and he goes, see if he's breathing. So right before I called 911, I thought she'd fallen asleep. Kind of shook her a little bit to, to wake her up, and she did not respond. I don't go down to my go to my grave, testifying or whatever, swearing that Davey was not on drugs. If he was on drugs, the way Brett says, how does I mean, how great does that make Davey? Are you laughing, Sean? I get off the track here all the time. Did you just laugh, Sean? If they would do a movie about your life, who would you want to play your part? <laughs> Uh, well, George Clooney, of course. <laughs> Who else could it be? Attention, Sean Mooney, you scum, you slime, you maggot. If there's no further questions, you're dismissed. Carry on, maggot. Hello, everybody, once again, and welcome to another edition of Prime Time with Sean Mooney. I hope your week has been going great so far. This is a holiday week uh, for the 4th of July. I hope you have big plans. And we're coming off an episode with Barry Horowitz, the super enhancement talent, a conversation I really, really enjoyed. And after hearing that episode, is there any question in your mind why Barry was so successful at putting people over in the ring? I mean, come on, really? Uh, If you've seen his matches, you know he was a really, really good, skilled wrestler. And you know, uh, after hearing his conversation, that, uh, you know, in his mind, he felt he should have been as big as any other superstar in the WWF. He was that confident in his abilities. But he also knew how things worked, and he just did whatever he had to do to stay at that level. And it turned out to be a pretty damn good career for him. Uh, You know, uh, in the end, I mean, it's true, you're you're putting somebody over all the time. But I believe that, uh, you know, Barry believes it's an art form. I mean, really, to, to be able to do that and do it effectively and help put these guys, you know, in the spotlight and uh, get a big reaction from the fans when they're first starting out. And he was definitely one of the best at it. And, uh, you know, it, it takes a lot uh, when you see all of the other guys that you're getting in the ring with. And, and you may know for a fact that uh, they're not even close to being as skilled as you are. But uh, you've got a job to do and you've got to get these guys over, give them a, a big push. And he realized his role, and every time he went out there, I saw him, I was there, he gave everything he had. And I loved hearing all the stories about uh, some of those encounters. Uh, he wrestled uh, all the greats early, uh, you know, early on, and you know, not that uh, Randy Savage needed a push, but there were times that he went in there and helped him uh, you know, uh, really get him out there for some of the superstar shows or uh, wrestling challenge. You know, He also uh, was in the ring with the Ultimate Warrior, Great stories about that. Uh, pretty much everybody thought the Warrior was stiff. And then later, you know, and, and some of the other greats, I mean, Steve Austin and The Rock, uh, it, it's, it, the list goes on and on. And and uh, he really is absolutely one of the best. I loved hearing the story about Mike Sharp. Uh, that guy, I guess he was a clean freak, you think? Uh, if you haven't listened to the episode, make sure you do. You will enjoy it because Barry Horowitz, wasn't a jobber, folks. He was not a jobber. He was and remains the definition of enhancement talent. And we've got another great episode coming your way this week. A very controversial figure in the world of professional wrestling, Joey Ryan, joins us. Yes, the man known for the dick flip. 
uh, yes, uh, he will uh, be here, and uh, you'll be able to hear his thoughts on how he's perceived in the world of professional wrestling and just how much he cares. Uh, he is certainly enjoying the ride right now, I'll tell you that. But before we get there, I always want to give a big shout-out to our Patreon members. Thank you, thank you, thank you all for uh, everything you do for PTSM. And uh, we just had a, a fun AMA, Ask Mooney Anything, and, of course, a big topic of discussion was the recent rehiring of Eric Bischoff taking over SmackDown Live and also the extended duties uh, to Paul Heyman, who's taking over Monday Night Raw. So we'll see. I don't know exactly uh, what this means, Why? Uh, what's the uh, reasoning behind it. I think a lot of people have their own theories. Um, but now uh, they're going to be in control of those shows. And um, a lot of mixed feelings out there. If you've been watching uh, the uh, feed on Twitter and other places, of course, all the other websites uh, talking about the move by Vince McMahon, and we shall see what happens next. And, you know, I have to tell you, I understand the move with Eric because he really has had a lot of experience working with network television, and they want him to be directly involved with Fox. As you know, the uh, SmackDown Live will soon be a part of that network and a whole new deal going on. That's about to kick off, and of course, You've got Paul Heyman, uh, one of the great masterminds in professional wrestling. He was a big part of ECW. So it's clear that uh, the WWE is really uh, willing to shake things up, and we'll see if it makes a difference. That uh, Certainly, that discussion is going to continue on. Uh, anyways, you can uh, check out that Ask Mooney Anything on Patreon. I really enjoyed that one. Uh, just go to patreon.com slash primetime if you're not uh, a primetime Mooney. I should say that's patreon.com slash primetime Mooney. If you haven't joined us at Patreon, uh, we're having a blast on there. The content keeps growing and there is much more to come. And not only do you get the uh, episode early and ad free, but also so many other perks, especially if you are a Mooney or a member of the Legion of who Uh, you get to do a podcast with me. Uh, We have all kinds of uh, uh, different uh, uh, you know, uh, views that we have you come on and do with me, uh, watch alongs as we call them. And so uh, if you haven't done it yet, we'd love to have you join us. Patreon.com slash primetime Mooney. And for all of our listeners out there, we uh, love having you. Uh, thank you as well. Uh, please help to continue to spread the word about primetime with Sean Mooney. Tell your friends, if you like what you're hearing also uh, go to iTunes, subscribe, give us a five-star rating and a review. It really, really helps. And it is greatly Appreciate it. All right. All right. It is time to get to this week's episode, and it may be argued no man's penis has taken them further in the world of professional wrestling than Joey Ryan's. Ding, ding, dong. Hey, everybody. I met Joey Ryan for the first time this past week in Las Vegas at StarCast 2. He is a true example of somebody who has uh, never quit, who was determined to be successful no matter how hard it was going to be, no matter how long it was going to take, uh, no matter what sacrifices he was going to have to make along the way. And right now he is riding a tremendous wave. He is one of the most talked about wrestling superstars out there. And uh, while his dick may play a big role in what he does in the ring these days, if you meet him, uh, you soon discover he is definitely not a dick in person. Uh, welcome, the king of dong style, Joey Ryan. Joey, thank you so much for coming on Primetime. Well, thanks for having me. That was quite the intro. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it, it's really amazing, though, to me. Uh, you really are, uh, and I, of course I joke, but um, 
you really are two different people. You, you're your character, and then you're you're uh, Joey, Joey Meehan. Um, you find yeah, that that yeah, it happens. Yeah, you find it happens a lot that people are really surprised when they actually get to meet you and, and you know have a conversation. Yeah, it's a little bit surprising to people. Um, they uh, a lot of times I feel like I'm uh, like the like the worst fan. Like I let the fans down the most when they meet me because they expect this over the top crazy. Uh, personality, and I'm just like, hey, how, how's it going? You know. Yeah, yeah. So I feel like I'm a letdown for fans to meet me, but, but um, I mean, no one's ever said that. But yeah, it's just because it is my personality is so much different, and people do expect uh, me to be, I guess, more abrasive. Well, you know, and you do see there's some there's some of the uh, you know the personalities out there, like for example, like Joey Janela. I mean, J- Joey is. He's like that, uh, in and out of the ring. He's he's just kind of he's he's bent. You can just tell. Yeah. But 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 uh, is it important to you though to have the two separate? Um, I think so. Uh, you know, like most, I think Janelle's more like uh, most wrestlers. I think most wrestlers are like their personality when they wrestle is like an extension of themselves. Um, yeah. Uh, for me, it's more of uh, I guess. I guess it's more of a, uh, um, where I can let loose, you know, like where I can be this personality, this big persona, because I'm, I'm a relatively shy guy, pretty introverted. Uh, so when I go on stage, uh, I get to be somebody different, you know? Yeah. Well, and, and, uh, you know, there are people that are, are, that's one of the reasons that they're, they become performers because in, uh, in many ways, uh, when they're not doing that, they're very introverted and is it's, uh, their way of, you know, really, uh, being able to let that side of themselves out there. And, uh, you know, this, a lot of people that have may have seen a lot of the videos and it's not like this just happened overnight. You've had some viral videos going, but I don't know if people realize how long, that you've been at it. I, you started in 2000, right? And so it has been a pretty long road. Yeah, about 19 years. Um, wow. And uh, yeah, and then Dick's, the Dick stuff started, just didn't come up until uh, 2015. So late 2015. Yeah. So what was it like, though? I mean, along that road, I know uh, I. I you grew up in, in Los Angeles, right? I mean, like right in the Los Angeles area or just near yes. L.A. So that must have been uh, kind of well, a surreal way to grow up. Yeah, you know, people, there's not a lot of people that, people that are from L.A. and stay in L.A. Most people are trying to leave or, or trying to move here. Uh, yeah. My family, uh, my, all my family's here. And, um, yeah, I mean, I, I, can't, I can't compare it to anything else because I don't know anything different, but... Um, um, yeah, it's just, I, it's, it's really cool to be part of like a big city, you know, like it's, um, you know, I'm a city guy. But was it, uh, you know, growing up, were you in, you know, involved or were you, uh, you know, really interested in the entertainment industry? I mean, it's kind of hard, I would think not to be when you're in Los Angeles or how did that all, you know, come into your life? Cause I imagine it wasn't just wrestling. I, I'm, I would think that you were. Uh, just interested in, in entertainment and what, what, what were you really interested in? Um, well, I, I don't know. I, I don't think I really got, I, I don't really think I took to the entertainment aspect of it until I got into wrestling. Um, and then really? because I, again, I was shy because I was shy, uh, as a wrestler, which doesn't really, um, go, go over well with the audience. I, I 
decided I would take some acting classes so I could learn how to perform better. Um, and those acting classes really helped me uh, develop the personality and kind of uh, come out of my shell um, to what I am now. And uh, but because I took those acting classes, I kind of like the acting was fun for it. And now um, sometimes it's like a hobby. I'll take extra work uh, on TV shows and just be in the background and just just because I like being on the set on set and seeing how watching all the, the production go. You know, maybe no big aspirations to star in a movie, but I, I do enjoy the entertainment industry and television and uh, movies. So, um, you know, when I have when I have a chance, when I have time off, I like to uh, try to go explore that world. Joey, what about on the, the physical side uh, growing up? I mean, were you an athlete uh, You know, in high school? Did you play football? Did you do all that? Or you had other interests? I played baseball uh, throughout high school um, up uh-huh. until the end of high school. That was the only sport I really got. I mean, when I was younger, younger, I played football and um, soccer. But, uh, you know, once I hit, like, I don't know, 10 or 11, I, I, I just started doing um, baseball only. Uh, and so that was it. I mean, I didn't really have a – I mean, baseball's not the most contact sport, but uh, uh, there's a lot of – you know, at least I learned how to condition myself and learn how to lift weights, you know. Well, I think uh, you talk about uh, not be really being that – interested in wrestling uh growing up and i would imagine at that peak time when most kids were for you it would have been uh you know i guess during the attitude era uh what got you into it uh to at least where you were you were just enjoying watching it before you actually got into the ring right uh well you know actually i should i should rewind i should clarify a little bit i didn't i, I was a wrestling fan growing up i have three older brothers so i started watching wrestling very young uh, uh-huh. But I never had an aspir- I never had aspirations to be a wrestler growing up. I never uh-huh. really thought about being a wrestler. Um, uh, you know, I was just a fan. You know, and I and I lost like a little bit when I was like, uh, you know, like early teens. I kind of lost interest a little bit in wrestling. Um, and then the Attitude Era picked back up. With ECW too. When I discovered ECW, I got really into it. And then you know, obviously the Monday Night Wars and everything. And then wrestling was cool again. So. Uh, I, did, I mean, I was into it very young and then took a little break from it and then got back into it during the Attitude Era. Was it, uh, you know, the kind of, uh, you know, we talk about the, the purest wrestling, uh, but were you always kind of attracted uh, attracted to that that uh, kind of wilder side, like you mentioned, the ECW? So was it was that kind of got your attention early on, that type of, uh, that style? Yeah, you know, like it was just so, it was like at the time, like WWE was like, like, you know, doing the gar- garbage men and hockey players wrestling and, you know, just a little bit more like it was a little bit like it felt a little bit more like for kids. And I was, you know, obviously a young adult wanting to almost an adult and wanted to like, oh, this is cool. This is this ECW is the kind of wrestling for me in, in, in my at my age group. Um, so that's uh, that's kind of what took to it. And, yeah, it was like the unpredictability and the wild and craziness, uh, you know, because that's obviously how you know, the Attitude Era and the Monday Night Wars, um, uh, you know, really, really sparked it is that you, that feeling of you don't know what's going to happen, anything's possible. So when did you start taking it uh, more serious? Uh, you know, where you were really starting to get into it. I don't know if you did like the Young Bucks, the, uh, you know, backyard stuff, or when did it when did it change for you? Um, well, I, I was in, uh, so, you know, I have, uh, I have friends who are fans, too, and, uh, Right. I, I was in college. I was in junior college, and I didn't have a major declared. I didn't know what I wanted to do. Um, and then one of my friends, well, we went to a WWE show in Anaheim, and uh, 
we there was a independent wrestling group passing out flyers and we never even heard of independent we didn't know independent wrestling existed at the time and we saw that we got the flyers so we went and checked out the show and the show was great it was so much fun it was so intimate and fun um that uh, uh one of my friends looked up like found the website and, and looked up and they, they you know found the wrestling school connected to the promotion so uh um so he wanted to sign up but he didn't want to do it alone so he talked to me and then another one of our friends so three of us to sign up uh and one of one of us never made it and then the guy who wanted to sign up did about a year and then quit and then i just kept going really uh, and joey what is it what is uh that west coast independent uh, wrestling like is um you know i've, I've lived on uh the, you know at least the west side of the united states but most of the independent that i ever knew or experienced was all on the the east coast uh, what what is it like in in the Los Angeles area, uh, and especially during that period of time when you were starting to come in? Well, it's definitely uh, you know uh, uh, there's more out east, and, it, and that you know that's like um, mainly because the states are so close. You know, like you can you can, you're driving if you're in Philadelphia, you're driving distance to everywhere. You know, if you're in right. you know, so. So, you know, New Jersey, that, that, you know, that, that area, that tri-state area is, is really, there's really a lot of, a lot of work out there, a lot of Indies out there and it's easy for wrestlers to get to and fans to get to, uh, you know, California is a little bit more spread out. Um, uh, so, you know, it's, it's, it's LA or, uh, the furthest drive you'd want to make is maybe San Francisco or, uh, Phoenix or Vegas, but everything, everywhere else you have to get flown out to. So it's a little bit harder to get discovered because you have to um, you have to look, have your value, your stock be high enough, or promoters will want to buy you a plane ticket. Um, uh, but so the exposure was was key for that, and um, and just getting into like you know the bigger named promotions out here, um, you know, really helped kind of put my name out there for promoters to want to fly me out. And during that time, I mean, was it was it good wrestling? And and were those uh, any of those independents, you know, uh, you know, strong? Or because it's at that period of time, a lot of independents weren't doing well. Right. Um, well, when Pro Wrestling Gorilla came up um, in 2003, it kind of brought a lot of attention to LA. Cause it was, um, you know, they were, we were bringing in, you know, AJ Styles, and we were bringing in. Cole Cabana and we're bringing in a lot of uh, a lot of names that weren't normally on in California so that brought attention to it and that's that kind of helped um, get my name out there uh, a little bit um, and the shows were good the shows were considered like West Coast Ring of Honor at the time so uh, mm-hmm. you know it was it was there were good shows good quality shows good wrestlers um, and uh, yeah and then I guess when uh, Wrestling Society X popped up because that was filmed in LA. There was a lot of there was a lot of us LA guys on that on that crew, um, and that even though that was short lived, it had a, a, a buzz about it. It had attention on it. So so at least your name was being read, whether whether anyone was actually watching it. They they heard that you're on it, so that helped too. So it was uh, you know, and kind of the the lore, the uh, legend behind PWG was the. It was a you know a group of which you were a part of that was had grown frustrated with uh, dealing with with promoters and trying to get uh, you know put over. It, w- w- is there truth to that? Is that where that came from, or just hey, we want to do something that's going to be fun and we get to call our own shots? Um, it's 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 
it's both, but yeah, it was definitely because there were a couple um, promotions that popped up in the early 2000s that, um, you know, had a lot of money to start and backing and like cool venues and big stars. But then as, as, as you go, uh, as you know, in wrestling, you know, the promoters that don't, um, don't really, aren't really connected into wrestling can get taken advantage of. And, you know, a lot of those superstars, you know, uh, dried out, you know, dried them up for, for all the money they had. And, uh, so, and then those promotions would pop up and run, you know, four, three or four big shows and then go under, uh-huh. and, you know, the, the six of us, I mean, we didn't at the time, but we thought we knew, right. We're like, we know wrestling. We know, we know how it works. Uh, let's start <laughs> something. We, yeah. we thought we did. Uh, um, we learned a lot along the way, but, um, yeah, it just became, uh, you know, it became us, it became our identity. You know, it reminds me of uh, a recent operation we're hearing a lot about uh, AEW, and and we will get into that. But in a sense, was it kind of this rubble group that uh, got together? And you said, uh, you know, oh, we'll do one, and then we'll see what happens after that. Is that kind of the, kind of the way it went? That's pretty much exactly how it went. Um, you know, <laughs> we're like, let's just we, we like there's the six of us. We all kind of chipped in a little bit of money and, and, you know, so we could pay for AJ Styles and pay for the venue and pay for the ring. Um, and, uh, that money, that show made us money. And, um, we all agreed like, Hey, instead of, you know, split dividing, dividing this money up, let's just put it towards another show. And then, and then that show was successful and earned even more money. So it was just like a, we're going to keep rolling the profit over to the next show. So that way, um, you know, it's the promotion can be self-sustained. And then it just kept going. I, I mean, I I remember hearing, uh, you know, uh, it was kind of like it, it was a, an, an underground uh, type of uh, organization that really started to get a lot of attention, even out in the East. And were you starting to book bigger names and uh, as it grew? Because uh, I know that there's a lot of these guys, these up and coming guys, a lot, a lot of them we're seeing now in AEW who credit PWG for really giving them their start and giving them opportunity that, that they wouldn't have necessarily gotten anywhere else. Um, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of guys that made a name for themselves in, in Pro Wrestling Guerrilla. Um, so that stage, that the stage that we, was, we were able to present for people to perform on um, is, is really cool because, you know, a lot of people do, do thank us for starting it and credit us for um, helping them. So it's a, it's a cool feeling to have. Yeah. And you, and you mentioned the, you're into your 19th year here, which is really incredible. Um, and it, you, you, I guess it really started to change, I think, and in, in you said in 15, 2015. But what was it like those, those years before that? Uh, how tough was it uh, working at some of these other places and, and uh, you know, and just staying with it? Um. Yeah, and it's just, it, it's, it's you know, it's weird because wrestling always has doors closing and doors opening. You know, I did, uh, yeah. I was in Ring of Honor for a little bit, and then I was in Ring of Honor for a little bit, and that kind of, uh, uh, that went away, or my, my my part in that went away. So, uh, um, so you know, I was, for a while, just back to the Indies, and then that uh, that Rinka King promotion showed up in uh, India, which was a, like a, a cousin of TNA's, uh, you know, being run there and, and they contacted me to, to go be on that so I was on that and that got me in front of TNA's eyes and then after that TNA offered me a deal um, and uh, you know so I was in TNA for about 13 or 14 months and then um, uh, when, when I got released from that I did, you know I kind of just went back to the indies and um, you know tried to try to build up my name and then I ended up 
uh, going to Japan, getting a call to go to Japan, and Japan is where the the dick stuff and the dick character came about. Right. So it was just it was just a lot of like just being paid, not getting not trying to get depressed. If you know if you're like I, I tried not to get sad that you know I cut cut from TNA or you know I just tried to not let all that stuff overwhelm me. So that way I could uh, you know still stay focused and be ready when another door opens. Yeah, and, and Joey, I mean, you're not a, a really uh, tall guy. You're not. Uh, you weren't like this big, uh, you know, ripped uh, wrestler. You're not you're not doing some necessarily these big high spots. So uh, along the way, were you always doing different things to make yourself stand out, or or looking for ways to do something different that nobody else was doing? Um. Yeah, I think you know. I I think I I, I saw early on that I was going to need. Uh, again, you know, one of the reasons I took those acting classes is I was going to need a larger than life personality because I wasn't a larger than life person. Um, uh-huh. so, uh, so yeah, so it, it was just, uh, you know, I, I just, when I, when I realized that, you know, I didn't have to wrestle like everyone else when I could be my own individual, uh, person in, in this business, um, you know, I decided I wanted to be a wrestler like, uh, like I grew up watching with my brothers, you know, that got me into wrestling and that was like the 80s style, you know, mustache, chest hair. Um, right. and, you know, and so I, I patterned, uh, I patterned the look after what would be cool in the eighties. But, um, but you know, nowadays you see someone looking like that, it looks a little bit sleazy. So the look <laughs> is based off of, uh, the book, the look is based off of uh, 80s cool, but the, the attitude and the character is how the people react to it. Right. And, and, uh, you know, and with that, um, and before, you know, this all, you, you want to do things that people are going to take notice of uh, with a with a comedic bent on it. I mean, did you always feel that that was part of you? And did you always bring that into your matches? Um, I, you know what? I, I mean, I, I, I never, I guess not really. I mean, I, I for a while I tried to be very, very serious. Uh-huh. Um the comedic side kind of came out because, um, I don't know, I just saw opportunities and, and, and I started, uh, I guess just, uh, experimenting with, um, adding some levity and some comedy into my matches. So, uh, you know, you know, paid off for me, um, you know, in the long run, I got a lot out of it. I'm still getting a lot out of adding comedy to matches. So, uh, um, yeah, I mean, I guess it was part of the personality development, was to add these comedic moments. Yeah, did you see like uh, when you started doing these, and then uh, you know the reaction you got, and then just keep going, you know, more and more over the top with it? Is that how it really developed? Um, yeah, uh, I mean, I mean, nothing. I don't think anything was ever really strategized. Like, the, I wasn't like I didn't wake up one morning and be like, "Oh, I'm going to start using my dick," and that's going to get me over. Right. Yeah. Um, it was like a lot. Of, there was like a lot of trial and error over the years of stuff. You know, ideas that might have been good, but the execution was a little bit off. So you had to work on it. Uh, take you know, it's just like you know, like you said, it's a grind for years. You know, and every, everyone only sees the final product, but it's you know, but most people are at it for years. Uh, so it was yeah. a lot of trial and error, a lot of experimenting, a lot of just seeing what works and keeping what does and losing what doesn't. Yeah. You know, and I, I recently heard a, an interview with, with Kevin Hart and um, I was just amazed to hear him say that he would, for one of his, one of his road shows, he like takes like two years to do it. 
and uh, and he gets up on stage and it looks like he just came up with it. And, and that's the, you know, the clear example here. It's the same thing with what, uh, what, what you do. And, and is that, uh, you know, how, like you said, you go along the way and if something works, it uh, kind of works and then you just keep working at it and it becomes uh, part of the uh, part of the act, I guess, is the same thing that they do. Yeah, yeah, you know, that, I mean, that's, that's a perfect example. Uh, you know, there's a lot of stuff that you do that doesn't connect or, or doesn't catch on and you just yeah. kind of like, you either, have to rework, you either have to rework it or get rid of it um, until, you, until you make it connect with an audience so um so yeah that's that's kind of the, the strategy behind it it wasn't it wasn't necessarily like a game plan for me to decide to start going way over the top yeah when did the uh, when did you start doing the intergender matches how did that all all come about um well i never really didn't do them i mean i, I didn't do them as much um mm. you know early in my career but uh, uh when i started teaming with Candice LeRae, um we were an intergender tag team, so um, which which was which it was actually really cool for us at the time because there wasn't a lot of them, um, or, or really any I could think of that were marketing themselves as an actual tag team, um, and so we'd end up wrestling a lot of guys together, like a, you know tag, regular tag teams, but a few intergender uh, uh, tag matches too, um, and it was just kind of a thing where uh, uh, I just I mean it just kind of took off and started working for me, and I think my character plays well for creating heroic moments for women so that's yeah. why a lot of promoters like like a lot of promoters like booking me with women did you ever uh you know did uh, what andy kaufman did early on have any influence on you because he's one of the first who kind of crossed that line and and would have these yeah. uh yeah really yeah well i mean it, it was it was it was not necessarily like influence in the inner gender, but just it's, but like when I, obviously I, I didn't really look at his wrestling until I was, was wrestling myself, but um, the way he was able to manipulate an audience or wrap them around his finger, command yeah. control of the situation. Like that's what I really, I mean, that's when I watch Andy Kaufman, that's what I really watch. Huh. Um, you know, and then he, and then he put it, he put it together in a persona that wrestles women. Um, so there's a connection there between me and him, but, um, it's really the way he could, you know, just totally uh, hold the room in his hand. Yeah, and and, uh, and I just remember that the shock value to that when he started, and and that was with a lot of his comedy. But uh, crossing those those gender lines was uh, you know, kind of brilliant in in a, in a point in time when nobody you know, would do that. But you you mentioned it that it's a way for you to, for heroic moments uh, for women. And, uh, you know, initially people may look at it as the sexist thing, but in a, in a different way, in the way, like you mentioned, uh, you're putting the women over big time. Um, yeah. And, and even teaming with Candace, I see some of the influence that, um, you know, that it has on other people, whether it's physical or not. Like, you know, I've, I've seen girls come up to the merchandise table in tears crying to Candace because she inspired them to overcome something in their life. Um, because she's so brave and so strong. So like, I, I see that, you know, that, you know, the, a lot of the, the younger girls, yeah, you know, do want, do need these role models and heroes to look up to. Um, and you know, if I can be the villain in that, you know, that's, that's, if that's my role, that's fine with me. Yeah. And, and uh, when you first started doing these and as you progressed along, how far could you go with them? 
because I imagine you have to be very careful about uh, the physicalness of these matches and what you can do and not go too far. Right. Well, you still have to, I mean, the audience is willing to suspend their disbelief, obviously, but you can't really just blatantly insult them. Um, so yeah. you have to be yeah. smart about the way you, you have to be smart about the way you do these matches. You can't like, I will never do like a punch trade off with a girl, you know, because that's right. Just, that looks silly. I mean, depending on the size of the girl, if she, if she's a bigger girl then maybe. Yeah. But, yeah. um, you know, I, 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 gen, I generally make a rule not to, not to throw strikes during matches with, uh, with, with girls. Um, except my yeah. finishers and super kick. So if I do that, 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 that's the only strike I really throw. Like even if I need to stop them or cut them off, uh, you know, I'll do like an open, open hand thrust. It won't be, it won't be like a punch. Right. So, uh, cause, and, and if I'm working them over during the match, it's never, it's never bump, bump, bump. And I'm never like beating them up. You know, it's, it's more like, it's more, uh, misogynistic. It's grinding their face in the mat. It's choking yeah. them. It's fish hooking them. It's more like, uh, you know, it's not it's not necessarily a physical beatdown because uh, sometimes you might lose the audience if they feel like this girl's you know getting this guy that's you know has seventy eighty pounds on her is, is beating her up and you know but you don't want you don't want that you don't want that idea to come in the audience's head where they say yeah. well, well wait a minute this doesn't make a whole lot of sense so you got you try to you try to you try to work with the audience and, and give them something present something that's believable um, you know so that way they can follow the story easily. And what about the the uh, the sexual side of this? Because you you mentioned that your your penis is a, a consummate professional. Um, so how do you walk that line too? Because there are a lot of suggestive things, but never right. too much. Yeah, I just I don't my it's a you know it's and it's a conscious decision. Um, my yeah. character <laughs> never gets sexual pleasure from doing the dick stuff. He, he's not, you know, he's not, he, he's, it's, 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 I treat it like it's my stone cold stunner, you know, like I have to hit this move because I want to win the match. So yeah. I, my, I, I never, my character never treats it as sexual, never treats it as comedy even. He's very serious about it. Um, so that, I think that helps stay away from the, like, you know, the sexual part of it is that I'm not, I'm not, my character is not visually sexualizing what I'm doing. Yeah. No, it makes sense, and I, I can't believe we're actually having this conversation, but <laughs> but it is. I mean, it, it really, I watching them, and I just, there's so much psychology to it, and, and that and that's why I think that people really get into them. Uh, has it been tougher with the Me Too movement? Have you had to really adjust, or have you heard from more, uh, you know, uh, more criticism from people since that, that has been such a big part of our culture now? Um, you know, maybe a little bit, but, but most of the time the girls will shut that down themselves because really? everything we do in the ring is, consen is consented to, you know, like it's, that's the a big part of the me too was doing it, uh, without the women's consent and everything we do in a wrestling ring, ring is consented to. I never, I never shoot the dick stuff on a girl in the match, you know, like it's something we talked about and planned and she's okay with, um, you know, and I've had, you know, I've had people not want to do it, which is fine. Uh, and we do something else, you know, it's, it's, it's just all about the person and what they want to do. So I think anytime someone brings up the Me Too stuff, a lot of times the women who do these intergender matches um, are, are the first ones that shut that down because they don't want to be seen as a victim. Yeah. And, uh, you know, people uh, really, they, they enjoy the matches because, uh, you know, the people that, that uh, come to see the shows, they're all in. Uh, they are there 
to be entertained. And I and we'll we'll, we'll get more into this, but you know, to me, uh, I love hearing from these purists or people that uh, whatever they want to say about how you know wrestling and it's different than what. And to me, it's all about entertainment. It's all anything really. Whatever we do as performers, it's about entertainment. If you entertain people, they want to come and see it. And is that pretty much the way you look at it? That uh, you know, you're entertaining people. Uh, yeah, I mean, obviously, I, like you said, that should be the goal of all entertainers. But um, yeah. I, I, I try to, I try to include the audience, and and you know, a lot of times it's trying to guess how they're going to want a match to go. So I try to I, I try to make the audience feel like uh, like their cheers or their boos influences what I do in the ring. I'm not I'm not wrestling outside of them. I'm wrestling with them, kind of thing. Yeah. Where like if, yeah. if they want if they want to see something, I'm going to try try to go for it and maybe have a blocked account, whatever it is. But I try to include them so that they I, I want them to feel like they're my motivation. Um, and I feel like that that's how you get them emotion, emotionally invested in your matches is if they they care about what you're doing because it's a reflection of what of how they're acting. Um, and I think that's what keeps the audience entertained. Yeah, it's it's an interactive experience, as uh, what I think is uh, you know the same thing that that Cody and and the Young Bucks have have, uh, have latched into and have have really taken full advantage of. Um, I know you've told the story a, a thousand times about how uh, you know the dick flip came about, and I and I, I believe you were in Japan and and. Uh, and it was really just to be, I, I guess, uh, a one-off. I don't know if you you know well. Uh, one of the wrestlers, like the Dan Shoko Dino, uh, came up with the spot, yeah. and, and then it went from there. Yeah, it was like it was an opening spot in our match, uh, and uh, yeah, uh, it, was, it was a six-man tag, and uh, that was our part of the opening. And um, you know, it was just it was supposed to be just a, I guess, a funny little gag for that night for that for the live audience. But when the clip hit the internet, is when it when it exploded and was on ESPN and E Entertainment. Stephen Colbert and just uh, you know it was at Maxim and Rolling Stone and Sports Illustrated. It was just everywhere, um, um, right? You know when the when the when the clip went viral, and that's kind of like like where I decided that I'm either going to have to you know milk this for what it's worth, or you know I, I had to make a decision. And I and admittedly I thought maybe I would get a couple months out of it because I thought people would tire of it, but it almost yeah. started becoming like my like my worm for Scotty Too Hotty, you know like. People come to the show because they want to see that specifically, um, or people are into my matches because they want to see that specifically. So I just have to treat it now like it's my calling card. You, you know, when it happened and you got that reaction, and of course you're in a, a different part of the world, but uh, did you say right there or think to yourself, uh, "Wow, that uh, there might be something to this," or or did you not realize it until after you put that clip up? Um. Yeah, no, I, put, I, I mean, I'm, I'm pretty self-critical of my own wrestling most of the time, but when I watched that match back, I, that part made me giggle. So I said, well, if, I'm gonna, if I find this funny, then maybe other people will too. So I, I just cut that 27 seconds up and threw, threw it up there. But it wasn't like I didn't I had no idea. I, wasn't, I mean, I, I, I put 30-second clips of, you know, thousands of 30-second clips up of my wrestling over the years. Um, yeah. And this, just, this one is just the one that caught on and, and – and you know got attention so um you know for me it was just business as usual i'm going to put up some clips of me wrestling and then and then it went and then when it started going viral it was crazy because like there's no there's no manual what to do when your video goes viral you know you just kind of have to like you know roll with the punches well you know and it's like taking a sketch and turning it into a movie um you know did you 
have any idea from that point, okay, now what do I do with this? You know, was it just a matter of going to house shows and trying it again and then building it? Because, you know, now it's a franchise, Joey. I mean, it's like you got druids. Yeah. And, I mean, wow. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, uh, I mean, yeah, I guess, I guess it, it, it was like a thing where, you know, obviously I knew no one wrestling and the psychology behind wrestling is that, um, you know, people want to hit their finisher to win the match. So, and then you, 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 you get people invested by teasing it, taking it away, you know, like trying to go for it, having it blocked. Um, so I started, you know, incorporating that into my matches where I would go, I, I would, you know, people would avoid it, you know, counter it, speak out of it before I finally hit it and paid it off. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, and then through, through that, I just started to come up with other ideas where, you know, um, you know, if somebody gives me an inverted atomic drop, it hurts their knee, you know? Right. So the, the other stuff just kind of fell into place after establishing the flip. And what about the lollipop and the, the oil? And uh, I mean, were, were these things that just, eh, I'll try this tonight. I'll bring a lollipop out to the ring and <laughs> see, see well, where, where it goes so from there. There's a, there's a funny story to that. Um, uh, I was, uh, so I would, I was, well, the baby oil thing was just because I, and I, and I've, I've done that for years cause I w- w- watched people in the locker room oil themselves up and I was right, like, right. so dumb. I'm gonna, I'm, Especially when I'm you're all hairy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You have I, all this I, hair. I yeah. 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 So I just, I decided to start doing that in front of the audience and that, and that yeah. caught on. And then, yeah. um, the lollipop, so I, the, the funny story about the lollipop is I, cause I was for a while because of the sleazy character, I was smoking a cigarette to the ring. Um, uh-huh. and, uh, when I was in TNA, you know, I pitched ideas and said, Hey, you know, to make me look more sleazy, can I smoke a cigarette to the ring? And, uh, the, 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 the pyro people said, well, you might accidentally set the, set the pyro off and kill yourself. If you have a cigarette. Um, so <laughs> yeah, that's like, not good. Okay, maybe not, maybe not, maybe not the cigarette, but I yeah. did like the oral fixation. So I just transitioned it to the lollipop instead. Uh, that's funny. And then, of course, uh, you know that um, that interactive experience, and and some lucky guy gets to <laughs> gets to take it home. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and, it's, and that's kind of crazy too. Like I, I've, I've never, there's never been an audience where at least one person would take it. So it's it's yeah. it's become a thing. You know, people, I get requests for it. I get it's hard because people are like come up to me before the show if I'm at the merch table and be like, oh man. Can I please get your lollipop tonight? I, I can't make that promise because I <laughs> I look for who's ever making them. I I look for I, I only have the one, and if 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 twenty people are yelling at me, yeah, I can't just like yeah. pick the one out of the crowd that like asked me specifically. So, um, so yeah, it's it's kind of thing, and then I use it as a as a move in my match too, where I where I have right. one that's tucked away in my, inside my trunks, and I shove it in my opponent's mouth and then super ticket, which I like to call the sweet tooth music. I think that makes sense. <laughs> um, uh, so, um, so yeah, I mean, that's just kind of, the, the lollipop just kind of incorporated itself, uh, like everything else, you know, a lot of trial and error, a lot of, um, seeing, experimenting what I could do with it, what, what I couldn't do with it. And, you know, and I found a couple things at play. Yeah. You know, in a very bizarre way, it's, it's like Bret Hart searching for the young kid in the, um, the crowd to put his sunglasses on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's it. it they they're, now they're grown up. Now they want lollipops from from Joey Ryan. Right. 
uh, Joey, let's uh, let's talk about. We were both in, in Las Vegas uh, for uh, an awesome experience, and um, you were also at the first All In event that took place in Schaumburg, uh, Illinois. And uh, you know, you, you've seen these guys come along here, but um, I want to talk about your performance and and uh, the the uh, the Druids, the Penis Druids or Dick Druids. But um, that was really a, a great part of that show, and I think it kind of uh, set the stage for people who, uh, you know, we've seen what it's, it's becoming, that this was going to be a very different type of promotion. This was going to be a, a whole new world. And uh, what did it mean to you to be a part of that first event? Uh, that was very, very cool. Uh, yeah. You know, I, I'm, I'm friends with those guys, uh, Cody and the Bucks, and I'm on their YouTube show, Being the Elite. You yeah, know, Being the Elite, um, yeah. I'm featured, I'm featured a lot on that, and you know, we had a storyline with me and with me and Hangman Page that just yeah. you know accumulated. Like we, and then when we realized that we wanted this stretch, it was supposed to be a shorter. You know, we we're just going to do a little couple bits, but when we decided that we wanted to extend it until um, until all in, uh, you know, we had to get some more months out of it. So that's when we came up with the idea that he would kill me and I would be, yeah. you know, my body. You know, I, I'd be I'd presume dead, <laughs> but my body hasn't been found. Right. And like that's you know. Um, so we, you know, we decided to, to, to string it out a little bit. So that's why the Druids came into play, because obviously if I'm coming back from the dead. All right. You're going to be carried out by the penis Druids, of course. Uh, of course. <laughs> but, and, uh, and talk about that relationship with those guys. I, I One of my favorite episodes is when Hangman comes out and uh, Cody and the Young Bucks come in with their, you know, the, uh, the as the film crew. And uh, yeah. That is a if folks, you ought to check it out on, on uh, YouTube if you if you have a chance to to really understand what that experience is like. But what has that relationship been like, and what have they done for your career? Those guys, um, they're great, and and yeah. and um, you know the Young Bucks I knew you know way back when because they're Southern California guys too. Um, yeah, you know they started after me, and 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 you know I I was. Um, you know, I've always pushed for them to get into PWG when they, you know, when they were still a little bit green, but then they, um, you know, when they finally got on, got in there, um, they really took off themselves and they really became obviously superstars. Uh, so it's cool that like they, you know, they obviously haven't forgotten about all, all their past, all their friends, you know, it's, it's very important. Yeah. Family's very important to them. Friends, friends are very important to them. So, um, you know, it's, it's cool that they look out for us and, you know, if, you, if you're one of their friends, um, you know, they'll do good by you. Uh, and then with Cody, Cody was more of a, uh, uh, you know, he came along later, you know, in my career when he, when, when he got released from WWE. Um, and I worked with him, um, a few times in actually Northern California. And, uh, Cody was, he was pretty instrumental in the way that I, cause he's, he's very good about making, he wants, he wants the best, he wants the best match, obviously. So he, he's very, uh, influential in, um, he's, he cares what, what I'm doing and how I'm trying to get myself over. And he wants to, he wants to make everything play. So, um, and he's kind of one of the guys who was the first guy to do the dick flip or to take the dick flip as like a serious false finish. Um, yeah. And that's how I use it today, you know, cause he, the way he planned, he said, this, this is your biggest pop. So let's, let's use it, you know, um, you know, in an in instrumental match, part of the match. So, uh, 
so yeah, he, he was uh, influencing. He was influential in the way I use the, the way I've established the 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 dong style. You know, and, and you mentioned the young bucks and uh, and also Cody. Um, so you saw you saw uh, Matt and Nick before folks saw them out there and, and uh, you know kind of on that independent circuit. Did you see when you when you saw them initially say, "Man, these there's something to these kids." Um, I mean, obviously they're super athletic and, and yeah. you know, they, they, they're self-taught. So they had to, you know, kind of learn ring psychology along the way. Um, and that kind of like, you know, before they really figured that out, you know, they would, they'd be like all over the place, you know, they'd be, their matches wouldn't really, um, their matches wouldn't really make a, a whole lot of sense step by step. But, uh, once they figured that out, it was no stopping them. Yeah. And when, what do you think it is that they had? or have such a, 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 an incredible connection to their fans and, um, and what they've been able to do because it's, it's like they didn't need anybody in a sense, as far as they built from uh, what they have on social media, the merchandising is just incredible. Uh, what is it about those two? Um, I think they're just, they're, they, they, people can tell they're having fun, um, you know, and, that people can tell they enjoy themselves and, and they're very fan friendly and they're very, you know, accommodating to their, to, to, to what, what they need uh, to do. So like, like what, you know, the, the fans need. So I think being fan friendly and being like approachable and being um, uh, just generally nice guys who look like they're having fun. I think the audience has more fun when they can tell the performers are having more fun. Yeah. And I think that they have, have definitely brought that, uh, to AEW, and and we'll get into that more than that in a sec. But uh, we also were talking about Cody, and uh, you know, and I don't think people realize the wrestling mind that he has. And we know his lineage, of course, but right. I think a lot of people, you know, just see him as somebody who left the WWE, wanted to, uh, you know, uh, carve his own path, and then as a performer has gotten over big time and, and did what he did in the independent ranks. But uh, now he's helping to run this, what's turning into a gigantic corporation. Um, what about the wrestling mind he has? I mean, the, you said that he helped you as far as you know, putting over the, the dick flip and, and telling you this is what you got to do as far as, you know, being smart to the business. Um, yeah, no, he's obviously the, the thing the thing that I found through my friendship with Cody was, uh, was really cool is that he, he grew up, you know, he was a kid when, uh, Dusty was booking WCW yeah. and, you know, and he, and Cody's a smart guy and he paid attention. He watched his dad, how his dad had to, to delegate that, delegate the work, you know, pick, you know, ch choose who gets, who's going to get the push. Who's not going to get the push. And, and, you know, he had a, he had a close relationship with his dad and, you know, his dad probably was open, you know, like talking to him about it. And mm -hmm. so I think he picked all that up and he just, he just grew up with like an idea of how wrestling should be run or how he, you know, or his dad's vision of wrestling even. Um, and I think, you know, he, he had his, you know, he was in WWE and he was, you know, he, he was doing great. He was doing well, you know, um, he, he, I don't think he was necessarily super happy towards the end, but um, you know, he, I think he, in his mind, he always had this idea of how wrestling should be. And, uh, and how wrestling should work, and maybe WWE at the time when he asked for his release, um, you know, wasn't wasn't that wasn't that company that he wanted to be a part of, um, right. you know, and a lot, a lot of his you know establishing himself and showing that he can hang, 
with everyone else. He's not just his dad's son, but I think also partly he has a very strong passion for wrestling and knows exactly what he wants from it. Yeah, and Joey, are we seeing a, 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 a big change in, in professional wrestling now where, you know, when I worked with the, the, the WWE, uh, it was very much controlled by, you know, just coming off when, you know, promoters or the, the ones that own, own these territories. And then, of course, with Vince, they controlled everything. And, and that's the way it's been for years and years where uh, you're pretty much at their mercy for your work, how long you worked, how much you got paid. And now we're seeing uh, people like Cody, the Young Bucks, you, who are in control of their, their own destinies, where you can uh, you know, do, make a ton of money, make a lot of money from your own merchandise, not have to give somebody else a percentage of it to have it made or anything like that or, or, or trademarked, and, they, and then they own that. And also to have your own events, like your, your, your absurd penis parties. But you know, you're able to to do this now. So is, are we seeing a, a big shift? Um, I think it's, it, it's, it's been a gradual shift. I think be with the with uh, social yeah. media's popularity. Um, I think with social media, you don't need, you don't need a TV show anymore. You know, like yeah. uh, people see clips immediately. You know, if I, when I was starting to wrestler, if I, you know, when ring of honor started and I wanted to watch a ring of honor show, I would have to wait for the show to happen. I would have to wait for the VHS to get released and then right. have to go to like a tape trade, get it from a tape trader or, you know, like whatever it was. And it would be like months after the show happened, I would finally watch it. But now everything's so instant. There's live streaming and there's, and there's, you know, fans recording stuff on their phone and posting it immediately. So there's, there's more of an immediate connection between um, wrestling and the fans. And I think that really helped boom the independence because now you know, these, like I did a, sh- like I did a show where I wrestled recently where I wrestled Scott Steiner. And of course we did some funny gags in it. Um, but the show, you know, it was in Northern Michigan and, it, you know, a smaller promotion maybe had like a hundred, 150 fans there. But mm-hmm. some of the clips I put online, some of the clips I put online of me and Scott now have 50,000, 75,000, hundred thousand views. So, you know, it's, it's, so I'm, I'm, even though the shows might be smaller, independent wrestling is still hitting a wider audience because there's more eyes on it because of social media. Yeah, and also there's a lot of revenue streams now because, uh, you know, not just for what you do in the ring, you make money from that, but if you've got, if you're a social media, uh, you know, it's, if you're savvy, uh, you can make, uh, you know, ad revenue from that. And then also the merchandise where, as I mentioned before, you know, if you wanted to have a product made, you'd have to go and have, I don't know, 500 shirts made or something like that. Now you just need a design and they make it and drop ship it. And then everybody's happy. They get their cut. You get y- your cut. So it's uh, that's changed the business a lot. And, and uh, you know, do you did you see that early on these different revenue streams as they and they're still coming? Um, yeah, I mean, like when when pro wrestling tees started it was yeah. a game changer for sure. Uh, oh, yeah. You know, I, I, not only, not only was it, you know, easier for fans to get, it was also, you know, I didn't even have to go to the post office and mail them myself, you know? So, uh, so that changed and, you know, and that, that's a, probably, I mean, the, the, the majority of my money is made on merchandising. Um, is which, it really? Which is cool to have. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which is cool to have my, my shirts sell really well. My, my, and I have little, you know, whatever little action figures or buddies that I have or pins, pictures, it all sells pretty well. So, um, you know, 
just it's in it, right it's about finding different streams you know like uh you know i i i have my own youtube channel and um you know and through the years i've had it for 10 years now just uh, periodically posting wrestling clips um now i have almost 500,000 subscribers so wow. uh you know <laughs> anytime i put anytime i put a video up and monetize it i'm making a little bit of money and it you know it's, it's maybe it's a little per video but it all adds up for the you know the monthly yeah. the monthly drop into my account yeah and, and with that though comes that independence and 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 control because you're not waiting for the phone to ring every you know day hoping that some independent place is going to bring you out to ohio or something like that and you can uh, yeah. you know choose and actually have demands that uh, you know it's a certain level that you've got you've got to be paid i mean it's it really is amazing yeah yeah it really it's it's a, it's a cool time to be a professional wrestler. Yeah, I mean, there's actually somebody out there wearing a shirt saying, I support uh, Joey Ryan's penis. You know, I mean, it's like, yeah. and you've got what, probably, geez, I'm looking here on your site now. Is there, I don't know, at least 30 T-shirts? Do you have yeah. any, uh, besides yeah. the dolls, do you have any other, what other uh, mer- merchandise items are there? Um, so I do eight by tens and shirts yeah. And, yeah. Pin, and pins and little micro baller action figures. Um, I, there's a guy who makes me plush dolls. Um, sometimes I'll have plush dolls of me, uh, um, trading, trading cards sometimes. Um, but have, have yeah, people, I mean, have, any, have you been approached for adult products? Um, no, uh, uh, I did, I did, I was temporarily well i guess about a year i was sponsored by uporn the website's uporn um uh, and uh you know but that my 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 value to them was not being in porn because they have they could get any porn star they want the the the, it's harder for them to reach an audience that's outside of porn right they 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 sponsored like like an e-gaming service and they sponsored me and i think they sponsored another athlete um just to try to get you know out so i think if you know, I think, but yeah, there's no, there's never been an approach or a sales pitch to me for anything at all. Yeah. Well, and, and, and of course, you know, they, they try and reach those millions and millions and millions and millions of people who say they don't watch porn. Right. right. <laughs> right. Hey, uh, hey, uh, shifting gears here <laughs> from that. Uh, let's talk about AEW. What, what do you, what's happening with AEW? Uh, and, uh, you know, we saw what happened this past week. And it just uh, it's just taken off. But what do you see from your viewpoint? Uh, what is AEW? How is AEW impacting professional wrestling right now? Um, it's it's. I mean, it's getting people excited again. I guess that's 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 the key is to get people excited about wrestling. Um, uh, and you know, it's it's created and for wrestlers, it's created more opportunities and it's created more. Um, I guess more options too, you know, like, uh, you know, who knows if Dean Ambrose would have, if AEW wasn't there, who knows if he would have just sucked it up and been miserable and just in state WWE just to get paid. Um, now there's another option for him where he he can get paid and be himself. So, uh, so it's creating more options for wrestlers and it's going to, I mean, I think competition always creates better product. So I think, I think, I think that'll help. And also, uh, you're you're on the inside there, and um, 
a lot of people are wondering, you know, what, why is uh, the WWE struggling the way it, way it is? And everybody's got a million theories on it. The only one that I can see from my vantage point and from what I experienced was that, uh, you know, back during that time when I was there, um, these characters were really well-defined. They knew who they were. And, uh, of course, they, they, they had storylines, Joey. But at the same time, uh, they had a lot of input on the way these storylines went down. And when they would do promos, they, somebody wasn't handing them a piece of paper saying, here, this is what Joey Ryans would say here. And uh, right. is that the philosophy with AEW? Did they see it that way that you guys know your characters? Is there a, a, a real uh, cooperative there on, on uh, what you guys are going to do? Um, well, I don't, um, I don't know specifically, uh, you know, the, the inner workings of that company, but, um, yeah. um but from I what you've experienced so be, far, right, right. I, I do think that they, they are going to be more, um, uh, open to wrestlers being using their own personality or, or, or speaking as themselves. Um, yeah. um, you know, and that could go back to, that could go back to the way Cody saw Dusty run stuff, you know, uh, you know, and it's, and it's, it just, it, they don't want it to be overproduced. Cause I think, you know, a lot of times WWE feels forced. Um, and that's not a good feeling that like the audience can read when somebody's uncomfortable or when somebody's saying something they don't want to say, or, you know, saying something that they've memorized, the audience can read that. And I think it's a, there's, there's yeah. a disconnect cause it feels, uh, feels disingenuous when, when somebody says something that you can tell from the script. Um, so, uh, so I think that part that AEW will probably have, let, let their let their wrestlers have a little bit more creative control and work with them too. You know, they'll they'll sit down, they'll have meetings, they'll listen to their ideas and maybe come up with a compromise on the ideas or, or a way to like um, explore the, the idea differently. But I, but I think they're they're more open to wrestlers having their own ideas and bringing them to the table. Yeah, and and it's awesome to see these new personalities emerging. Now, of course, it's not that they weren't known uh, by the people that followed independent wrestling, but they're going, they're going to be introduced to an entire, entirely new audience, uh, with this TV deal. And, uh, you know, it's, it's going to be fun to watch because back when maybe we saw with the WCW, we saw personalities from the WWE characters from the WWE just go someplace else. And although we're going to see some crossover, but it's really great. I'm really enjoying, uh, watching these guys. It's, it's gotten my interest back as far as watching, uh, what's going on with these and, and seeing these new guys. I mean, I'm, uh, you know, I'm, uh, I'm becoming a huge fan of, of Joey Janela and, and, uh, uh, Maxwell Friedman, MJF. And, uh, you know, and these guys are just, uh, it's really fun to watch and they're, and they're new, they're new to the scene for a lot of people. Yeah. And you know, it's, it's fresh, you know, uh, uh, and it, this works with talent too, but this was, someone made a point to this about me to me about WWE is that, yeah. um, uh, you know, like, so I'm a big baseball fan and baseball's the way the game is played has been changed over the last few years because of, uh, fan graphs and, you know, um, stats, and the, you know, the different, like these fans came, you know, these people, these outsiders came up with these ideas that work that you can program into baseball. And, and, you know, now you see teams doing the shift because of percentages and you see, you know, it just, there's different, there's different ways to look at, uh, uh, you know, the game and it's changed the way it's played and it's, and it's really grown, um, a lot. And, uh, 
but with WWE, they it's it's always they're always bringing back the same guys. It's always yeah. it's never new ideas. It's always yeah. it's always the same. It's always whether it's bringing you know back Bruce Pritchard to write or you know bringing in a wrestler who's you know bringing back Goldberg or whatever. Nothing against those guys. Those guys are great. Right, talented, right. But yeah. it, it, it's ne- it's never a fresh idea. It's the same yeah. stale ideas being recycled. Yeah, and it worked. It worked before, and that, you know that's the same thing. Like you said, it's nothing against them. I mean, you know, I love Jeff Jarrett, but yeah. when they brought him and Road Dog back, I'm like, man, is that what? Uh, boy, they're they're reaching. Um, you know that they have to bring something back. Oh, boy, was that over then? Well, yeah, but it's it's <laughs> it's a decade later. It's you know, and, and uh, right. that's and a sign. Gotta, you got to think too. You got to think too. Their their marketing now is for. 13 year olds and under, you know, yeah. like the way they march right. towards kids. Now there's no, there's no teenager that remembers Jeff Jarrett and WWE, you know, and, and then the network is there and people do watch the old stuff, but the majority of their audience doesn't connect with that memory. Yeah. Well, you know, and I want to see, I, I want to see both succeed. I think that's great for the business. It's just going to give uh, these guys more opportunities and uh, you know, it, it's going to be uh, fun to watch uh, as far as you go now, uh, there's there were stories out that you have turned down a contract with AEW, and I I, I know you weren't going to talk about this until Thursday. Well, uh, Joey, it's Thursday, so what what can you tell us? Um, well, I can't really reveal anything yet because I, I do have a show tonight uh, that <laughs> okay. I promised to I've promised to make the announcement at the show. Um, so uh, so tonight I'll be I'll I'll I'll, I'll clarify with everybody what's what the deal is. Okay. Cause you know, everybody wants to know cause it's, uh, uh, a lot happening in this world and every day it seems like something else comes out new, which, which tells you that, man, a lot of people are paying attention, but I know they would love to see you, uh, with AEW. And I, I, uh, I hope that, that, uh, that becomes the case, but regardless, I know that, uh, you're going to be successful, whatever you're doing. Uh, what, what is ahead as far as now, you don't have to say who it's going to be with, but, uh, what plans do you have for, for Joey Ryan, Ryan moving ahead? Um, I, you know what, I'm, I'm excited about independent wrestling. You know, a lot, a lot of people and rightfully so are excited about a war and competition in wrestling. Um, you know, bring, bringing back, you know, a stronger tele, televised wrestling, but the way I look at it with all these ex- exclusive contracts, um, being given out now, uh, the independent wrestling scene is going to have like a whole new batch of wrestlers that have opportunities now, you know, spots that, you know, Joey Janela had or, or MJF had on, on certain um, independent shows when they're exclusive, those are those spots are going to go to other people. And we're going to have uh, a whole bunch of new talent on the scene and, and new opportunities. And, uh, and that's the beauty about wrestling is that there's always, there's always somebody willing that, that, that can step up. They just need the opportunity to like when, you know, when WWE started, started started signing all like the Ring of Honor guys and all the big name independent wrestlers to, to NXT, everyone yeah. was like, "Oh, the Indies are going to die because they're, 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 all the names are gone." But all that right. created a new opening for somebody else to come and become a star. Yeah, no, that's uh, that's very true. And uh, and uh, one thing that's been fun to watch what what you're doing is you you keep evolving, which uh, keeps people guessing and wondering, okay, what's what's going to happen next. Uh, now that you've come back to life, uh, now that the the the, uh, the the penis druids are out there, but uh, I, can they expect more uh, more of this uh, <laughs> more more surprises ahead? <laughs> yeah, you know the the best compliment I ever got was yeah. uh, 
was from Chris Dickinson, uh, who's a wrestler uh, based on the East Coast. And he said, um, you know what, you know what's awesome about you, Joey, is that you've been around forever, but you don't feel like a forever guy. Uh, yeah. Which is cool because I mean, it means that nobody, like, like you said earlier in this interview, you said, I've been at it a long time and not many people realize that it's because I don't have that, like, that, like because I, I have been able to keep moving forward and evolving and changing and, you know, um, that yeah. I don't, that I'm not, that I'm not stale, I guess. And, uh, um, you know, and that's, that's, that's cool too. I don't mind, I, you know, I don't mind not be, being the guy that doesn't necessarily get recognized for his years in, um, because I think that when you start relying on your years in is when you start plateauing as a wrestler. Yeah. No, and and that's a that is a tremendous compliment, and that and that is true because I I don't know too many who've been around a long time, and and you know they're by at this point uh, they're looking back and remember when I was doing ten years ago how great that was, but you know you're just getting started, and, and, uh, and I I think that the stage couldn't be better uh, for what what right. you guys what you guys are doing, and. Um, you, you mentioned the viral clips, and another one I wanted to mention this was uh, your engagement to, to Lord James. And uh, how do you know? How do you guys make that work? Uh, I imagine you try and uh, do as many appearances together as you can, or you uh, make sure that the, whatever your schedule is, you you're home for a, a certain period of time. How do you how do you guys make it work? Um. Well, we're pretty, we're pretty independent. We're pretty, um, you know, we're, we're, we're two individuals that, you know, just work together. So, um, we don't really feel, we don't really feel the pressure to, um, you know, to, to plan or, you know, to think too, too deeply about it. Um, you know, it's, I feel like the time away when I'm on the road, you know, helps when, when the time helps make us, makes the time that we're together uh, better because, you know, we're, we, we, are more appreciative of the time we have together. So I feel like that um, actually helps the relationship a little bit is having that, that distance, being able to miss somebody, you know, I think that helps keep that, that part of the relationship. So it's not necessarily that I, that I, you know, I don't like being away from her, but I don't mind it because I think it makes the, the, the time we have together better, you know, rather yeah. than if she was on every show with me or tra- traveling everywhere with me. Yeah. Hey, uh, uh, Joey, this is really, this has really been awesome. And, you know, I, I just have to tell you, that um, what you're doing and what uh, Cody's doing and the Young Bucks, it's it's uh, you just see a joy out there, uh, you know that uh, you guys are just having a good time and and that's what I think is what has really caught on to people when you when you when it's bottom line, that's what it comes down to and that's what I see and what I've experienced when I I see what you guys are up to it's it's just great. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I think, it's, like I said, it's a great time to be an independent wrestler. Um, and there's a lot of fun and a lot of money and a lot of fans and a lot of, you know, there's just, yeah. it's just so much more, you know, so much more vibrant than it was, you know, even 10 years ago. Yeah. And uh, in your 19th year, has you, have you ever been more excited to, uh, to move, move ahead and, and see what's next? No. And I, I, and I like the mystery. I like the, yeah. the you know, I like being the hottest free agent, you know, like it, that's all cool. That's all stuff I've never experienced before. So, um, uh, you know, that's, it's, it's exciting, you know, it's, and it keeps wrestling fresh for me, you know, cause a lot of times wrestling gets stale if you let it. So, uh, you know, all these changes are keeping wrestling fresh for me as a performer. Yeah. Well, uh, by the time this episode's, uh, going to drop Joey, all the, uh, at least we, we will know what you're up to with AEW and whatever else you got, uh, in the works. 
But uh, I just want to thank you. And um, really, thanks for, for entertaining us. I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying every minute of it. Well, thanks for, uh, thanks for having me on the show. I tell you what, I know everyone has an opinion on this and what Joey Ryan does, but uh, folks, it is a gimmick uh, that uh, after a lot of hard work in the ring, he has found an audience, and it is a big one. And, uh, you know, to me, and this is the way it's always been, even when I was back uh, working in the 80s and 90s, it's all about entertainment. If you are entertained, you will watch it. If you're not, then you won't. And I, uh, I really get a kick of all these purists out there condemning it when what have we seen over the years? I mean, come on, the many, many gimmicks, uh, the gobbledygooker, uh, I could go on and on, the puppies era <laughs> in the WWE. And when I'm talking puppies, I'm talking about boobs. Uh, they couldn't try or, or, or tempt you enough back in the attitude era. The boobs and ass <laughs> was just all over the place during the attitude era. So come on. Uh, like I said, spare me. If it entertains you, that's what it's all about. If it doesn't, People will not watch. And I want to thank Joey Ryan for coming on. Uh, one thing I love doing for our Patreon members as we shift gears here <laughs> is letting everybody know when they have birthdays. And guess what, man? This week we have got a bunch of Patreon members celebrating birthdays. Uh, first up, Alyssa Reed. Uh, her birthday is July 5th. Happy birthday, Alyssa. Uh, Justin Oliver, his birthday is on July 6th. Uh, Duran Martin. Also on July 6th, and Brian Florio, his birthday's on July 8th. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you all. Happy birthday. Thanks for tuning in. We love having you as Patreon members. Happy birthday to you. All right, and uh, there's so much more going on with our Patreon. Come on, join us. It's a lot of fun. Uh, we've got all kinds of new content. I still have content that we haven't put up from StarCast, a lot of the conversations I had uh, you'll see the uh, rest of that stuff appearing soon. And uh, we've got uh, some watch-alongs planned, some really fun ones. And, of course, I've got podcasts to do. I have to do these one-on-one -on -one podcasts. We have, if you are a Legion of Who member, uh, I believe it's after six months, you get to do your own podcast with me. So that's uh, just part of the fun. There is a lot more. Check it out. Just go to patreon.com slash primetimemooney. That's patreon.com slash primetimemooney. And, uh, and join us, okay? i uh, love to hear from you. You know I love to hear from you all the time. You can do that by emailing me at uh, primetimemooney at gmail.com, primetimemooney at gmail.com. Be sure to follow us. A lot of stuff we're putting up these days on Twitter and also Instagram. That's at primetimemooney. And uh, check out the T-shirts. We've still got a lot of T-shirts out there that uh, would love to have you uh, buy and uh, help support the the program, as you know, it helps the team and it helps us keep doing what we're doing. And, uh, you know, uh, I've mentioned it. Uh, if you got some time, I know a lot of you have your podcast lined up, but take a listen to the new podcast we've got. It is called Upside of 40. And it's uh, for all of us men of a certain age, over 40 and beyond, and everything that we deal with every day. Uh, we've got a great episode up this week on how to grill the perfect steak. It's 4th of July, so come on. Don't you want to uh, finally, after all these years, and a lot of you think you know how to grill a steak, hey, i got news for you. Wait till you hear from uh, Malcolm Reed, who is a pit master, and he joins us on the show. But uh, you got time, check it out. It's called Upside of 40 with Sean Mooney. Uh, but in the meantime, we've got uh, another great episode on the way next week. 
Of course, that's up to our Patreon members to decide who it is going to be. I'm, I'm, I'm always excited to see who they're going to choose because, uh, you know, I love all the conversations. But uh, it's awesome to find out which ones they want to hear first. So that's uh, something else our Patreon members get to do. Well, I hope it has been a great week. I hope you have the 4th of July or had the 4th of July off. Uh, All in all, I just hope you had a great time, had a chance to spend some time with family and friends. And we will have you back here again next week, I hope. Remember, it drops on Wednesday, 6 a.m. Eastern, another great episode of Primetime on the Way. I'm Sean Mooney, and I am out.